0: Good morning, welcome to The Bridge, we're glad you're here. This is a a really, really special day for us. Uh, We do this, um, what we're going to do today, we do it once a year, and we are just so thankful for uh, all of you and and your uh, generosity, and you've been praying about today. We're going to receive our offering, Fit for a King, and i got to tell you what happened Thursday night, just as inspiration. So y'all do know, Wayne County's having its fair. Right? I know y'all know. Quit acting like y'all. like. Oh, really? Fair? See all these empty chairs? Fair. Okay. Um, So, so, uh, you know it's been raining all week, so people didn't get to go to the fair. But guess what? Thursday night is just beautiful weather. Beautiful. So I look out in the worship center, And there's 68 adults sitting out there. And I'm like, what in the world? And then I remembered, so I was relieved. I was like, God, I know they'll be back. Guess what that 68 people gave in the offering Thursday night? Over $20,000 from 68 people. Let me ask you something. Do you think I'm going to mention To those who weren't there, that they weren't there, yes, I am. Yes, I am. (laughs) Hey, let me talk to you about what's happening this weekend. Scott just talked about it on our video announcements, but I want to just kind of go over it with you again. It starts tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, we're going to have full-blown worship in here. We're going to have a message from God's Word Uh, We're just going to have an awesome, awesome time of worship tomorrow night and preaching as we kick off the Amplify conference. That event tomorrow night, absolutely free of charge, open to the public. So we want you to come. On Tuesday night, we're going to have another full-blown worship service, worship band. You're going to see some of the people from the bridge receive their ministerial credentials. And so you're going to want to be here to celebrate with them. We even have some who are getting ordained, and so you want to be here for that. That part of the service won't take very long. And on uh, Tuesday night, I'll be preaching Tuesday night, so full-blown worship service. Now, here's what's going on during the day, Tuesday, this coming Tuesday. We're going to have classes, and there will be some general sessions in here, but then we'll have some breakout classes just for training of church leaders. Even if you're not a church leader right now, but you want to be, or maybe you're a leader in another part of your career or part of your life and you just want to know how to be a better leader, then we hope you'll take those classes, be here on Tuesday. And I know that's a weekday, and I know some of you just are not able to be here, but I want to let you know in case you can. Now the cost of this training, I believe for everybody else, is $29.99, which includes a meal, a lot of good material, Uh, you'll get some other uh, little freebies and goodies on Tuesday, but for the bridge, for you, it is $9.99. All day Tuesday training, I think it ends about 3 in the afternoon, we'll start uh, with a Some breakfast, free breakfast for you about 8 o'clock, I believe that's right, about 8. So um, be here on Tuesday. Now, here's how you find out details, and here's how you um, register. So you go to acts, A-C-T-S, the number 2, network.org. And for you old people out there, everything's not .com, all right? I just want to let you all know. So org. And uh, go there, acts2network.org. And in the upper right-hand corner, it'll say register here. When you click on that, it'll give you a lot of the details of the conference. And uh, then you can register. Here's the code if, if uh, you want to register for Tuesday. Here's the code you use to get the discount. Here's the code, BRIDGE15. BRIDGE15. Now, the way I got that was all caps. I don't know if that matters, but BRIDGE15 is the code, and um, you know what, if you can't be here Tuesday, please be here tomorrow night and Tuesday night if you can, we're just going to have church, we're just going to have church, and you'll really, really enjoy it. So we are on the last message of What If?, and the message will be brief today, and I know you will believe that when you see it, but I tr- trust me, hey listen man, we were out Thursday night at the bridge by 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. The people were very happy. I don't know why. But um, the message today will be brief. We're going to bring our offering today. And you can see the tables. Uh, This section, you got your own table right here. Matter of fact, I was hoping to get a little competition going between the sections. So if you look in and if you want to come check out the other baskets and there's more and you want to put more in your basket, please feel free. Please feel free to do that uh, during the service. But every section has their own basket. So what I would do, guys, if I were you, is just everybody, and I would just go ahead and tell you this in case I forget it. the end, If everybody will come down, like this section, if you'll come down that aisle, drop yours in, and then go back up that way, then we won't be running into each other. If you guys will do the same thing, go back up, come down. Go back up, come down, go back up, come down, go back up. Then we won't be running into each other so much and it'll be organized. But worship will be going on while we're receiving the offering today. You'll be bringing it up here. Worship will be going on. And it's really a good time for me to just remind you that when we receive the offering, whether it is our awesome usher team who is passing out the baskets every Sunday like we do, or whether it's you walking up here Giving is an act of worship. It is a part of our worship. I kind of grew up in a culture where the offering was, a, was like an interruption to worship. But that's not as it should be. Giving is a major, major part of our expression of our love to God. It doesn't matter about the amount. The amount's not important. What's important is the sacrifice. And so when you give with a sacrificial heart, when you give with a cheerful heart, And you come, God is going to bless you. He's going to do great things in your life. It's going to set some things free in your life when you become a generous giver. Now, as I say that, I think about you guys sitting out there, and I think about, you know, when I hear a statement like Pastor Farrell just made, you know, your first thought, your first inclination, your first little kind of twinge thought that you have is, um, you know, am I being manipulated here? Am I being told that if I give, I'm going to get something great from God? And is that just a way to make me give? Because i got to tell you all something. I'm not, I love some TV preachers. I love some TV ministries. But, wow, some of them are just messed up in the way they talk about money and the way they talk about giving and the way they talk about if you don't give to them, you're not going to get... And, and not just them, but, but some local churches are even like that. It breaks my heart. It just really upsets me. And I don't want us to be that kind of church because we're going to talk about it today in the message. So the point is, if you leave the bridge and you go to another church, that principle of generosity is going to be true for you at that church. If you, as a a military personnel, you move to another city, and gosh, we have that all the time, and we really, really hate it. I told somebody, pastoring a church in a military town is like coaching a college basketball team about the time you uh, get them hooked in, and boy, they are serving, and and they're influencing, and and they got the system, and they got the vision, and, and they're just one of your key leaders. They come up and go, headed to England. And I'm like, just go AWOL. Come on, dude, stay here. God will protect you. (laughs) They're like, pastor, that's so wrong. But um, I hate that, man. But you know what I love? I love those new families that come in. Don't you? Those new families that come in. We're always having new families come in, and I love that. Really hate to see the other folks go, but um, thank God for our military. Thank God for their willingness to go wherever they're called to do whatever. Amen. Yeah, man. Absolutely. So let's, uh, let's get into the Bible today. Um, the book of Exodus is where we're going. Oh, by the way, let me uh, talk to you about this. If you're going to put something on um, uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, uh, Instagram, I don't know anymore. Uh, if you want to put something on there, use this hashtag right after your comment. That way we'll all get to see it. And then sermon notes. If you'd like sermon notes of any sermon by any one of our speakers at any time, this is the email address you use. And say, so I'd like the sermon notes. Give us the date, and we'll get you the sermon notes, and you'll have them in detail. You know, one of the things I want to do, and I hadn't even told the staff this, but one of the things I want to do is on YouVersion. How many of y'all use version? On version, you can actually go on there prior to the service, and you can put the pastor's sermon notes on there. And uh, you can follow along during the service. So we're looking into that. i got to tell you something. I know nothing about that. I just heard recently about that. And so we're going we're gonna to work on that, and then you guys can go right on version and have the sermon notes right in front of you while we're preaching the sermon. So we want you to be able to get as much out of God's Word As possible. And you know, uh, technology can be a headache and it can be a distraction. But if we will allow the Holy Spirit to guide us and, and we'll allow the Holy Spirit to control us, it can be a really great tool for learning more about God's Word. Isn't that true? So true. You know, it's not like it's good or bad. It's what you make it. It's what you, with your connection to God, what you make social media, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. All right, let's go to Exodus 25, Exodus 25, and let me just tell you what this is about before I read the scripture. Um, so, Charlton Heston, Moses, led the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. you remember when he went in there? Awesome. Already got started. Cool. How much was that? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, so uh, he led the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage, and he led them into the wilderness. But God wanted them to be in the Promised Land. Y'all remember this? The land of Canaan, milk and honey, grapes and pomegranates, corn and wine, and so. Instead of going into the land of promise, that it would have taken them about 11 days. I didn't know, I didn't learn much about geometry and stuff, but I did learn that the shortest, point, the shortest distance between two points is a what? Straight line. They didn't make a straight line. So, so here's Egypt, and here's the wilderness, and here's the promised land. They went into the wilderness and went like that. And so instead of being in the wilderness... For 11 days, which is about how long it would have taken them to go, they were there how long? 40 years. Wow. I think we got some relatives of that bunch going to a lot of our local churches, don't you? (laughs) And so they wandered in the wilderness. So God, you know, he knew he had to do a work in them. He had to leave them in the wilderness So he could do a work in them. Do you understand God will leave you in the wilderness? So he can change you. So he can make you what he wants you to be. So he told them, I need you to make a church. But you're going to be traveling, so it's going to need to be a mobile church that you can set up and take down and move it around with you wherever you go. And so he said, I want you to make a tabernacle he said in order for us to build that tabernacle, um, uh, God's talking to Moses, he said that we got to have donations from the people. The people have to give, the ha- people have to be generous, and that's what we're talking about right here. So let's pick up in the book of Exodus, chapter 25, verses 1 through 9. The Lord said to Charlton, the Lord, y'all, so who's seen the Ten Commandments? Good, awesome. The Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to bring me gifts. This is God talking to Moses. Tell the Israelites to bring me gifts. Receive for me the gifts each person wants to give. Now I want you to look at that. Receive for me the gifts each person what? Wants to give. And you're like, well, I'm changing mine now because I don't want to give nearly as much as I got in this envelope. So we're going to talk about what that means. Verse 3. These are the gifts that you should receive from them. And then he goes into this very detailed list. He said, here's what they need to bring. They need to bring gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, and red thread, fine linen, goat hair. Anybody bring goat hair today? Okay. (laughs) Somebody say, yeah, I got some. Verse 5. Sheepskins that are dyed... Uh, red, fine leather, acacia wood, verse 6, olive oil to burn in the lamps, um, spices for sweet-smelling incense, and the special olive oil that is used for anointing oil. In other words, it is poured on the person's head to make him a priest. Now, you know, has anybody, did anybody grow up in a church where they would anoint you with oil? You grew up in, I did too. I grew up in that too. And we will do that uh, if you desire us to pray for you that way. But you don't want us to do it like they did it in the Old Testament. Because here's what we did. Here's what we would do. We would get a little bit of oil on our finger. The Bible talks about anointing uh, with oil the sick and all of that. Some churches do that and some interpret it differently. The ones who don't do it aren't bad people. They just interpret it differently. The ones who do it aren't crazy people. They just interpret it differently. So we would get a little oil on our finger and touch somebody on the forehead, and we would pray for them. But in the Old Testament, they poured it on you, buddy. A couple of quarts. Slick 50. Get the, you know, use the good stuff, baby. Get the good stuff out there. And so they, they said, bring that, bring that oil and other jewels bring that olive oil that will be poured on the head to make them a priest. And then he said, not only do you need that for the priest, he said, but also bring, verse 7, bring onyx stones and other jewels to be put on the holy vest and the chest covering of those who will be priests. Now look at verse 8. The people must build a holy place for me that I can live with them, live among them. Now in the Old Testament, God had a temple for his people. But since Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, God has people for a temple. Y'all with me? In the Old Testament, he had a temple you went to, to, to Be where God was, you had to go to a certain place to be with God in the New Testament. We are the whole, we are the ones who house the Holy Spirit. He says, It is, uh, the Holy Spirit does not dwell in brick and mortar, the Holy Spirit does not dwell in sheetrock and carpet and lighting, and it doesn't dwell. Matter of fact, if we all got up right now and walked down the road, the bridge wouldn't be here anymore. The bridge would be down the road. We're the bridge. We're the bridge. This is just a building where we gather to encourage and to learn and to be a blessing to each other. So you're the temple of God. You're the house of God. And can I just tell you, if Jesus doesn't live in you this morning through the new birth talked about in John 3, he wants to. Jesus wants to live inside your heart, and it isn't enough for you to believe good things about Jesus. It isn't enough for you to say, oh, yeah, man, I, you know, I believe you know, Jesus, great teacher, wow, probably the greatest, might, at least one of the greatest. You know. People think if they say good things about Jesus, that makes them a Christian. No, 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 no. It is only when you surrender your life. To Jesus, when you trust the cross as payment for your sin, when you trust the resurrection of Jesus from the grave as your new eternal life. Jesus rose from the dead so you could rise from the dead. So when you trust the cross, when you trust the resurrection, when you trust that Jesus was God, is God, will forever be God, and you receive him, you bow before him, you trust him as your Lord and Savior, it is then that you're adopted into God's family. There's a messed up teaching in our world today that kind of says everybody's in God's family. You know, we're all God's children. Not true. Not true. You have to be adopted And to be adopted, you surrender before Jesus Christ, and you're adopted. So look what it says, verse 8. The people must build a holy place for me that I can live among them. And that tent in the Old Testament is a picture of us. It's a picture of us. Build this holy tent and everything in it by the plan of. I will show you. So the story of the tabernacle in the book of Exodus is one of the most fascinating things you will ever study in the Bible. I'm telling you, man, really, really awesome, cool. People go, I want to get deep. I want to go deeper. Hey, you want to go deeper? Do an in-depth study of the tabernacle, the representation, the, the typology, the pictures of Jesus in the tabernacle. It's incredible. It's amazing. There are layers and layers and layers of all kinds of things that were included in the building of the tabernacle, and they're all pictures of Jesus. They're pictures of the end times. there are pictures of the work of the Holy Spirit. There are pictures of sanctification, pictures of, of salvation when you come to Christ and your sins are forgiven. All of it, every single bit of it is pictured in that tabernacle, and I would challenge you to to study that, it's incredible, it's amazing. The tabernacle was portable. They could take it up or, or they could uh, put it down, put it, put it up, take it down. It was like an old-fashioned circus tent for God. The instructions on how to construct it, the instructions on how to prepare the tabernacle are extremely detailed. As a matter of fact, when you're reading about them in the book of Exodus, you're like, all right, okay, I get it. Have you ever been reading in the Bible and just kind of just... And you're like, please get to something that relates to me. Listen to me. It relates to you. It might not be where a new Christian wants to start in the Bible, but I'm telling you, man, all those details on what was in their tabernacle and how it was to be put together, man, once you have some understanding as a Christian of the scripture, that study will do wonders for you. A thorough inventory of materials, the architectural blueprints, detailed plans for the interior design have all been put in writing in the book of Exodus chapter 25, the book of Exodus chapter 35. The biblical details about the tabernacle drives home the level of generosity that was required for the construction of that tent. These were not rich people. The Israelites were not rich people. Matter of fact, they had just come out of slavery. They had been in Egyptian slavery for many, many years, for 400 years. And they were just coming out. They had nothing. They didn't have anything. They were very, very poor, but it was out of their giving and, and their finding a way to give that, was, um, that enabled the construction of this temple. Everything that was made, everything that was constructed, everything that was woven and dyed and overlaid came from the free will offerings and the calloused hands of these Jews. People whose hearts have been prompted by the Holy Spirit. And that's what that verse means. The verse we really highlighted a while ago that said, tell the people to give what they want to give. Well, I thought, I thought, hmm, there's gotta be more depth there than just telling people, give what you wanna give. And there was. Here's what that phrase means. It means, tell the people to give what the Holy Spirit prompts them to give. So here's what we hope today is that you've been praying. We hope that you've been praying. We hope that you've been praying with your family. We hope you've been praying with your spouse, your children as a single person. Maybe you've been praying with some friends or maybe you've just been praying by yourself and saying, God, what do you want me to do? I'll do it. And the Holy Spirit has prompted you and you are coming. I think it's important to notice that when they gave, it wasn't because Moses had just done an annual stewardship sermon series. When they gave, it wasn't because some TV preacher prompted them with constant coaxing. When they gave, it was not because some nonprofit charity prompted them over and over with an endless stream of emails and phone calls. The construction of the tabernacle was not an obligation to these people. It wasn't something they felt they had to do. It was not, they didn't view it as some required law that, God, you got to do this, and boy, if you don't do it, you're going to be in big trouble. It was not a guilt trip. They were not giving to build the tabernacle out of a guilt trip. The tabernacle was built from pure human desire. They wanted to. Go back and kind of reword some of these verses. In Exodus 26, 1 and 2, he comes to Moses and said, Moses, I want you to tell the Israelites to take up an offering for me and the resources for all the construction for the tabernacle will come from those whose hearts have been prompted by the Holy Spirit to give. And God goes on in verse 8, he says, I want you to tell them to bring gold and silver and linens and leather and wood and oil and gems and yarns and Israel made for God a sanctuary so that I may dwell in them But the offerings, Moses, will only come from those whose hearts have been moved by the Holy Spirit. Nobody else had to give because there was enough. There were enough ordinary, plain, everyday Israelites. There were enough run-of-the-mill people. There were enough of these former slaves who were so powerfully moved by the Holy Spirit that they couldn't be kept from bringing freewill offerings every morning. We're just doing it today. They had an offering fit for the king every morning. So if y'all are feeling pressured, hey, you could have lived back then where Moses was going, all right, everybody's had breakfast, it's time for the offering. I mean, that that sounds tough, doesn't it? But boy, they gave every morning. So, in fact, the people gave so many donations. I want you to look what happened. Let's go to Exodus 20, uh, I'm sorry, 36 and look at verse 7. So, all the skilled workers, that means the construction workers, but it wasn't just skilled workers. It was uh, these guys were construction workers. They were artists. They were artisans. They were they were craftsmen. These guys who were building this thing. They were gifted by God. So all the skilled workers left the work they were doing on the holy tent, and they said to Moses, "Hey Moses, the people are bringing more than we need. We ain't there yet." I just wanna make sure y'all know we're not there yet, but I would really love to make that announcement. I'd love to make the announcement, whoa, whoa, let's help some other people, that'd be awesome. Y'all look nervous. The people are bringing more than we need to do the work the Lord has commanded. Let's go to the next slide. Then Moses sent this command throughout the camp, no man or woman should make anything else as a gift for the holy tent. <laughs> would y'all like to get an email blast from the bridge that goes, hey, this Sunday we're just taking a Sunday off. Y'all are just sending too much up in here. That'd be a great email to get right there. You know what? Some of you would still give. So the people were kept from giving more. Because what they had was already more than enough to do all the work. Moses had to do what no other pastor has ever had to do before or since. Stop giving. But he did that day. So why was this willingness to give, where was it it coming from? Why, Why did they have such a strong spirit of generosity on them? Why? Are the Jews so eager to give and build and create? What was the source of this spirit of generosity? The answer is the Holy Spirit of God had moved them. The Holy Spirit of God had come upon them and and in their homes when they were praying and when they were going through the different rituals of the Jewish custom, when they would seek God and when they would pray and when Moses would pray with them and when their leaders would pray with them. God would deal with their hearts and stir their hearts. At the heart of this lavish generosity, we find people of God full of the Holy Spirit. So today is an event, but here's what we hope will come out of today. What we hope will come out of today is a breakthrough for you personally where you realize, man, I'm giving today, I'm giving an amount I've never given. You know, I usually drop a 20 in, you know, or a 10. But here's what we're hoping for you, is that you will test God and that you will get out of your comfort zone and you will be like these people and you will be generous and watch a breakthrough come in your life. You say, well, if a breakthrough comes in my life, I mean, how am I going to recognize it? Trust me, you'll recognize it. There'll be breakthrough in your life, and God, through the Holy Spirit, will say, that blessing that you just enjoyed came from your obedience. Not because it's a certain amount of money. or You know, Jesus really didn't care about the amount. He cared about the sacrifice. And so the Bible says, the Bible teaches us that when we trust him and when we do what he said, then we're going to see the benefits, not of, hey, I gave this much, so God's going, but the benefits of obeying, the benefits of hearing the spirit and going, you know what, that, that kind of freaks me out just a little bit because that's way outside my comfort zone, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do that. I'm going to trust God. He's gonna take care of me. So let me just say a word to our visitors. If you're visiting, let me tell you something. We don't don't give in this offering. Don't don't do it. You say, Well, I'm really from another church, but I was in town and we just came, or I'm visiting. Hey, listen, you go back and give at your church. This is the bridge family. You say, but I really want to give. Here's my response to that. Okay. Today, I yelled out to one of our parking lot guys. I said, man, you're a blessing. He said, no, you're the blessing. And I went, all righty, gotcha. I think you're right. And it's me. Plus, not to mention my humility. We want you to obey God. So if you're sitting here and you're not from here and you've been prompted by the Holy Spirit, we want you to obey the Holy Spirit. But I want to tell you, from our perspective, we're just, we're just calling on our church family. And let me just say this to our church family. If you are um, struggling right now and you go, man, I'm, I'm going to give a little bit today, but I can't give what I want to give. I'm going to be able to do that later. Then don't feel guilty about that. Don't feel bad about that. We want you to do what the Lord has dealt with you to do. That's what we want you to do. That's what it means up there in Corinthians when he says, no pressure, don't give under pressure. We don't want you to feel pressure. Now, we're going to put the challenge out there, but we don't want you to feel pressure. Let me just tell you some things really quick we're going to do with the money. Because if I was sitting out there with y'all, I'd be going, all right, great, awesome. What are you going to do with it? I mean, I know you've got to pay light bills. I know you've got to pay all that kind of stuff, water bills and stuff like that. But are you going to do any ministry? I mean, what are you going to do? Well, we're going to, we're going to plant a church in Mount Olive. And we're going to do that this coming fall, about a, about a year from now. We're going to... Get the bridge to hope in a permanent location in the city of Goldsboro. And we're going to minister to the inner city. We're going to minister to those who are in need and those who are hurting. So those are two things we're going to do. You know what? Another thing we're going to do, and this is uh, from the heart of our executive pastor. You remember Jim who spoke, I believe it was last week Jim spoke or a week before? Jim Gilligan. We were in staff prayer this week, and we were just praying and saying, God, you know, deal with our hearts first as your staff and deal with our, the, the heart of our leaders and, and deal with the heart of our department leaders and our church board, our elders, our financial team. Deal with us as leaders first. And then, God, deal with the hearts of the bridge family. And out of Jim's prayer, he said, and God and I knew this was a prompting of the Holy Spirit because we had not said one word about this. We had not discussed it officially. He said, I want to take part of this offering, and I want to send it to South Carolina and help those churches down there. And I talked to some pastors this week who lost stuff in their church. They didn't have insurance. I talked to another pastor yesterday who's actually coming to the conference this week. He's bringing some people from his church in South Carolina. And he said, man, we can't do what New Spring, you know, New Spring, um, Perry Noble's church that we just love Perry and all he's doing at New Spring. He said, you know, we're not as big as New Spring and we can't do what they do. He said, but we can do ah, what we can do. And it's a church plant. And it's Brandon Goff. He preached for me that summer. You remember when I was gone that summer and I had those young preachers come in? He was one of those preachers. He said, and, and they've moved to an awesome location and they're, uh, they've grown to over 200 people. And he was about half that when he was here preaching. So their church is growing and their church is like ours. You know, you know I love the reputation we have. They'll take anybody at the bridge. Amen. Amen. Because if we wouldn't take anybody, guess what? Couldn't take me. Because I'm way from perfect, so we're that kind of church. They're that kind of church. They just love whoever God sends and loves to own them and knows they have potential. And so, so he said, you know, we want to help more. We want to do more. So we're going to send Brandon some money to be a blessing in that community. And we're going to send my buddy Donald Bodie some money. Donald Bodie, uh, he's been here. He's been to the bridge. He's been in our services. He's brought people from his church to see what we're doing. And we're going to help him. He's the one that got kind of flooded out. And you know what the name of his church is? The Rescue. The Rescue. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to help rescue them so they can rescue more people. So part of the offering today that you give is going to go to South Carolina to bless those churches and bless that community. And help those churches help their light shine brighter. Because it ain't about the bridge, baby. It's about the kingdom. It's about the kingdom. And you're about to give. Our worship band's coming. They're coming out right now. And they're going to lead us in worship. And so I gave you some instructions. If you guys will, um, you know, go out to to your left and then give and circle back and go up on the right side of your section there. That's how we'll do it. Um. I want to pray with you. Now, this is uh, this is my offering. I'll take that. Thank you so much. I love when they come and bow down. It's awesome. Uh, so, yes, my child. God bless you. Um, so, Millie and I gave our offering at the Goldsboro campus on Thursday night. Twenty. K, baby. Over 20 K from 68 people. That's awesome. So I got big expectations for you guys. But this is my mom and dad's offering. They're not here, and they wanted to make sure that their offering got in there. So it's my pleasure today to drop my mom and dad's offering in there. And you're going to come, and you're going to give, and I want you to worship. I want you to, as we sing, you know, when the music starts, don't wait, and don't go, I'll go when somebody else. just come on, Just go right there, front row people, you're our first. All right? You're our first. You get everybody going. Go that way. Bring your offering, Front row people, OK? Thank y'all so much. I love you. I appreciate you. We have Matt Bartley here today from the Matt Bartley Band. He's going to lead us in worship. I love him. We're blessed, aren't we? You know, one of the reasons we're able to do so much is we don't pay Matt but about $100 a week, so we're able to do so much ministry. That's not true. We, we love him. We take care of him. And uh, it's time to worship. It's time to give. We've been planning on this for, for weeks, so we're ready. Everybody stand. When the music begins, come on.